This is Victory House. For the next few minutes, I just want to share something with us real quick. Um, world Overcomers is kind of what we'll be talking about this month. And um, I want to share something in regards to that line. If you can open your Bibles or if media, if you can project Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. The Bible says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is amongst you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. It says, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Um, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse three and four it says for the vision is yet for an appointed time but as but at the end it shall speak not lie though it tarry it says wait for it because it will surely come it would not tarry and then verse four says behold his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him but the just shall live by his faith. Emphasis there on his faith. My, the title of my message today is um, Measure of Faith. Measure of Faith. We see here in the book of Romans that God has given to every single person a measure of faith. God has given to every single person a measure of faith. And if you read through scripture, there are different points that says the just shall live by faith, the just shall live by faith. But the scripture in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4 that says, but the just shall live by his faith. So you have a faith, the faith that God has given to you is what you should live by, that measure. And for the next few minutes, I want, us, I want to unravel or unpack what that means for you and I. Amen. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the average believer, I'm sure you and I have heard the message on faith. Um, I know this is not your first exposure to the word faith, uh, but this morning, I want to just put some things in place because I believe that as Christians, once we understand or once we can grasp faith in its entirety, it helps us in our Christian walk. Because there's a lot of emphasis when God says the just shall live by faith. And when you look at Hebrews 11, I think Hebrews 11 is a great place to just think about people that used faith to do certain things. But when you look at Hebrews chapter 11, people were able to use faith to conquer mountains, to subdue kingdoms, to close the mouths of lions. And it's that same faith that God has given to you and I. So if we develop it and work this faith principle out, we should be able to do the same thing because God is not a respecter of person. And faith is a principle. It's a law. So what then is faith? The scripture that we say um, that, um, that I just read 
excuse me, but let's read, let's read Hebrews chapter 11. If you can portray Hebrews chapter 11. From verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Verse 2. It says, for by in it, elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which were not seen were made of things which do appear. That captures what faith is all about. Hebrews chapter 1 from verse, Hebrews chapter 11 from verse 1 to 3. One thing we find here is belief. I know you've heard a lot of times say, Faith is belief. If you believe in the word of God, yes, there is a belief aspect of faith. And I'll tell you this. Most of us believe in certain things, right? For example, you believe that if you sit down, that chair is going to hold you. If you, believe, you believe that if you are, when you are hungry, if you eat food, you will be filled. You believe in certain things and that's why you make certain decisions so if you believe in something then you make a decision about what it is that you believe if you just believe about something and you don't make a decision there's a disconnect does that make sense so the bible says the evidence of things not seen in other words you believe in things that are not yet seen right Let's look at the context of the rule of law. You hear things like, well, this person is acquitted because the evidence does not show enough evidence um, to support. There's reasonable doubt, right? So there's doubt. We can't make a decision because there is the element of doubt that all of this evidence has not been able to substantiate. And as a result, we feel this person should go scot-free. Does that make sense? So if I state a case and I'm able to convince you beyond every reasonable doubt, meaning I'm able to eliminate unbelief and focus on belief, then you can make a decision. Does that make sense? So we see that faith, there's a component. I'm not saying faith is just believing. There's that component of belief. Um, there's another thing um, about faith. There's action. So faith is not just acting, right? And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Verse 2 of what we read, verse 2 of um, Hebrews chapter 11, it says, For by it the elders obtained. There's something that happened. So how do I know you're in faith? There is an action you're taking. That action sometimes might be you're praying about it. And you are not just saying, oh, I've prayed about it. There is, an, there is a way you pray about something that even people around you know, okay, this person is walking towards something. Does that make sense? So when it comes to faith, there's an action about faith. There's an element of that action. And then number three is the word of God. You can't have faith in something that God has not said or is not the word of God. So, for example, I can't have faith that I want to marry another wife. It doesn't make sense. I'm married. Does that make sense? It's not the word of God. So, there's, there's no basis for that. There's no God, I'm believing you for another wife while you're married. There's a, that's not faith. Does that make sense? So, if I'm going to, if I'm going to use 
Bible faith, the measure that God has given us, it's, it has to be based on his word. And we see that in verse 3. It says, um, by the world, the worlds were framed by the word of God, right? So there was the word of God there that he used to frame the world. Verse, um, and then the last thing that I want to talk about faith is the results. Faith has results. It produces. And pastor talked about it. So there is, pastor and I were talking earlier today. I said, I wish the Bible had time stamp. Whereby when you see Abraham believed God. And when you see the manifestation, it might be 20 years. So you don't just read verse 1 or verse 2. And you just think verse 1 was Monday and verse 2 was Friday. Does that make sense? Verse 1 and verse 2. I mean, look at somebody like Daniel. Four kings he served. Four kings. So when he was closing the mouth of lions, it's four kings. Think about that. And it's not democracy that is every four years. It's not, okay, now, it's not that. It's four kings, right? What does that mean? There is a time component to faith. And you need to give yourself the time for it to mature. A lot of times people cut things short because they don't see that manifestation. And they come to the conclusion that I've prayed, I've fasted, and if it is God, he shall have done it in two days. See, God is not bound by time. He's not bound by time. Right? And we need to understand that component when it comes to faith. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, what is then faith? In summary, it's faith is believing and acting on God's word. Simple. God has said it. I'm believing and I'm going to act on it. And along the way, as I'm acting, while, and that's why the Bible says, wait for it, though it tarries. So, even if I don't see what God has said, I don't see it physically. I need to understand one thing. I have conceived that thing spiritually. I have received it. And that's the believing part. You see, growing up as children, we have been wired on a lot of things. And one of the things is there's a reward system. So you see this. If you get an A, I'll do X, Y, Z for you. If you do this, as you're growing up, there's that reward system, that belief system of a child saying, I need to see it. I mean, the five senses. I need to be able to see it, feel it, touch it before I know it's real. That has been ingrained in us. And then now when you become born again, God is saying, yeah, come up higher. There's a sixth level whereby you don't necessarily walk by your five senses. You are focusing on the sixth sense. So once you can download whatever it is God has said in that sixth sense, it's just a matter of time before it comes to the five senses. Does that make sense? If you ask a woman now that you're pregnant. I mean, well, most people, when they see a pregnant woman, say nine months or eight months or what have you, that's not when she, that's not when she got pregnant, right? And even sometimes, it's when she gets pregnant, she may not know the specific instance. Does that make sense? But that doesn't mean she's not pregnant. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, at the end of the day, if we understand this, that faith is not just confessing. Because sometimes, you can believe it, I confess. yes. You need to be able to believe what you are confessing and act upon it. And that's why I'm a firm believer of why pray when God tells you to do something, you don't do it. What's the point of praying? Praying in itself doesn't do anything. Does that make sense? Yes, you can be interceding for somebody. That's a different thing. But if you are praying to God about your own life and you are praying and he gives you an instruction, go and see pastor or call pastor Andrew or call 
evidence or go and do this and you don't do it then why pray because the the reward is in the obedience it's not in the act you can pray 20 days after jesus prayed he went to go and do something he said i would whatever i see my father do that's what i'm going to do so there's that part of what acting and obedience so excuse me um faith is believing and acting on god's word now let's see some examples verse 4 of Hebrews 11 says by faith this is acting on god's word by faith abel offered god a more excellent sacrifice than cain action his faith caused him to act he gave offering verse 5 by faith enoch was taken away action so there's that act that was take that happened verse 7 it says by faith noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen moved with godly fear he acted and then you go down verse 32 talks a lot about different things that what that happened it says i do not have time to tell you about gideon barak samson is it and, and the rest who through faith conquered kingdoms subdued administered justice gained the promise and shut the mouths of lions so what do i do with my faith god has given me a measure of faith there is time component into it how do i develop that capacity if you look in galatians chapter 3 and for me i think this captures some of the things that we struggle with galatians chapter 3 from verse 3 it says are you so foolish after beginning by means of the spirit are you not trying to finish by means of the flesh um go to verse 4 please Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it be yet in vain? Um, I think it's verse 3. Okay, so verse 3, let's go back to verse 3. So, are you so foolish? After beginning means of the spirit, are you not trying to be perfected in the flesh? A lot of times, we start believing God. That zeal is there. God is going to do this. Pastor sends a word two months, two years. Two months is going to be like two years results and you live here with excitement and you get out there and you get a text from Chase saying your account is overdrawn. <laughs> Pastor has lied to me. It, it, right? <laughs> or it doesn't happen to people. <laughs> okay. You, you get that or, or you get a call and you're like, but Pastor said God told him that the results would be like in two years. What's going on here? Is there something wrong with me? No, there's nothing wrong with you. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you. It's part of faith. It's the faith walk. And maybe when you received salvation, there was some kind of misconception that all your problems would go away. I don't know of anywhere in the Bible that says that. Because if you wouldn't have issues to overcome then what's the point of having faith? There's something that you have to overcome, right? Before you, be, you become an overcomer, a world changer. So there has to be an obstacle. There has to be something, right? So what does that mean? We've started in the spirit. We're believing God. This is what God is going to do. This is what's going to happen. But 
things now seem or there is resistance, then I'm like, well, this one that Chase has told me, man, I have to go and find a solution for myself. I have to be wise. It comes to things like that. You have to. I'm not slow. I'm, I have to be, you can say I have to be sharp or I have, I have to take care of myself, right? How do I fix this? But there's a word that has gone forth and my situation doesn't look like it. In that instance, there are certain things that different people do that you get different outcomes. There are people that will still stay there and say, look, God, is it that this thing works or it works? I am not going to compromise. I am not going to make things perfect in my own strength. I'm not going to try to do things my own way. What you have said is what I am going to follow through. Now, rather than me saying I'm going to compromise, the right approach would be, how do I go back and increase capacity to believe that word rather than unbelief? Does that make sense? So a word has gone forth. And the devil knows it. And, and I'll give you an example. This, I was trying not to use the marriage example. because. Okay, Lord help me. This past week, I was in school. And uh, there were two couples came. And they came to share their experience. They had been married 10 years. And in the 10th year of their marriage... The husband developed a mental illness. He was hearing things in his head. He was bipolar, depressed, and all those things. He was the breadwinner in the family. Um, they had different, they went through this ordeal for about 12 years. In that time, you know, her son, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere here, please give me a second. In that time, her son traveled. Um, to Germany, he was enlisted in the Air Force, U.S. Air Force, and was receiving training. But later on, he got diagnosed with cancer, all in this same period. So she had three kids. One of them was diagnosed with cancer, stage three. The husband was suffering mental illness, whereby he was hearing things. He would just randomly go into somebody's car, drive the car, and it was all sorts of things. And she said she turned to God she turned to her church family. They prayed. They were doing different things. She was going through the whole process. And then now they're still together. They've been married 29 years. Um, he's still on his medications, but he's a lot better. He can communicate. He's coherent and things like that. And I just asked that one question because I was like, look, I mean, I've heard situations where people have just been married two years and they're like, I can't. This is not the person I wanted to get married to. Expectations and reality doesn't meet. I'm out of this marriage. So... And I asked, I said, hey, look, why did you stay in that marriage? Why? There has to be a reason. There must be something. She said she initially left. She said, look, stay on your own. I'll get you. She rented an apartment. I have three kids to take care of. But she got counsel from somebody in church. The person just said, you know, the word of God doesn't give you grounds for divorce. She said she was angry at him. That how can you tell me that? Okay, so the word she said she went to go and start looking. Okay, there has to be grounds for divorce because this guy is he has deceived me essentially. There's there's something off here. Let's go back. Fast forward. She went back. She stayed in the marriage. She pulled through, and now they're going all over just sharing their stories. 
I say that to say this. When you hear their story, we've been together 29 years. You think, and, it's, and then they put it on Instagram, you think it's all rosy, right? But there's a faith component. I don't know who, if, and I'm not trying to say, don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say you guys are not exercising faith. But I'm here to encourage you that understand that life is a warfare and God has given you that measure to be able to overcome whatever it is. I know we want our life to be easy, whereby I just go, come back, everything is perfect. You say, hello, kids, they wake up, how you doing, daddy, lay the bed, everything is perfect. That's, it's not a reality. It's not going to happen. There is no perfect. The only time you are going to experience perfection is when you get to heaven. Other on earth here, there are going to be things you are going to contend with. There are going to be things that you are going to contend with. And is in that contention, is in that fight. That's why Paul says, fight the good fight of what? It's faith. It's a faith thing. It's not your boss. It's not the country. It's not, it is a faith issue. If you can fight the good, whatever God has said, that's what I'm going to do. It's easy. Uh-huh. But we need to take this. And, and I think the hardest part in the faith work is building the capacity to believe what God has said. If I can believe it, when a father tells his son, I will come and pick you at six o'clock. He said, I'm going to come and pick you at six o'clock. The son knows, look, my father, even though he's snowing, if, even if he's in what, Polar Vortex, is what it, the last time we had in Chicago, my father will come and pick me. That son, I guarantee you, will sit at the door in excitement, just sitting down and waiting. People's father can be picking their own kids, but he knows when it's six o'clock, my father is going to come and pick me. If we can have that childlike belief, God has said it. I don't know how it's going to... If you knew how he was going to do it, you will be God. If you knew how he was going to do it, then you will be God. But if God has said it, how he's going to do it? Two people cannot be walking at the same thing. If God is working on it, my own job is just to rest in that situation. And my resting is what? Believing him at his word. Once I've believed him, just go and sleep. And whatever, in that process, whatever he tells you to do, just act it out. Act it out. But a lot of times we try to perfect things by ourselves. So you hear things, you seek counsel, and people are telling you things contrary to the word of God. And you're like, well, I have to, I have to take care of myself. You, you don't have the ability to sustain yourself. You don't. You were, God didn't give you that capacity to sustain yourself. How? It's not possible. So why don't you connect to him? That measure, what he has put on your inside, what he has placed on your inside, that is what he needs. I mean, you look at, I think I've used the example before. I'll use it again. You look at Usain Bolt. He was born. The same legs he's using to run the 100 meters in less than 10 seconds is the same legs he was born with when he was a baby. But he had to what? Learn to first walk. Let me tell you why we struggle sometimes. We have an issue. We say, I'm going to release my faith. I'm going to fight this thing. We fight it. There's a certain level of comfort. And then we draw back. We relax. Life is good. 
When something else comes, now you're starting from here. You have to build yourself again. Believe God as well. Now you're praying, you're fasting, you're doing all those things. Calling pastor, doing different things. Now you're back here. This is where you should have started when that issue came. Because now you have built capacity to overcome it. Does that make sense? But a lot of times we get comfortable and then we... I don't have to pray again. I don't have to... Life is not that hard. I mean, let's just... Let's, pastor is even too long. It's 12.30. I'm, go, I'm going home. There, there are things to do with life. I mean... But when issue comes... All of a sudden, the same person are saying life is not that hard. You know what to do, but you're building that capacity again. You're running. Then you not get here again. Oh, everything is settled. Praise God. And then you go back again. That's what happens. Do not get comfortable. It's a fight. The moment you get comfortable, you're going to go back to starting again. I've been there. There are times when I used to fast. It was easy for me to fast. But I got comfortable now. Pastor said, I fasted three days. I'm like, three days, pastor? Three days fast? Why? Three days? Let him just say one month. One month? Ah, you move out. (laughs) But he's sitting here. He knows how we used to fast back then. It was... I'm telling you because when you get... See, when the devil is going to attack you, he's not going to attack you Sometimes, he won't just attack you with one big thing. It's subtle things. He knows that if I can weaken your capacity to overcome whatever challenge is that I'm going to place in front of you, then I've succeeded. So now you can't spend time in the word of God because you're comfortable. It's not, life is not that hard. At least we have four kids. We have five kids. God has helped us. This, you know, It's not that serious. And that's why we are making things perfect in the flesh. I'm telling you, life is a warfare. You are going to have to, you have been fighting since the day you were born. Do you know that? If you remember the example Pastor said, anytime he, when he said that, I'll just be thinking about that. Do you know how many sperms had to run to fertilize the egg that gave birth to you? And you won that race, Right? So you have been fighting. Don't now come here and not think, I'm comfortable. Well, and then there's this, this way that the devil uses to mess up one's mind. Well, my case is not as bad as that other person's case. That is just a way the devil used to keep you in a plate of complacency. Yes, it's not as bad, but the other people's own is better. Right? So, if other people's own is better, so why am I saying, well, it's not as... I get it's not as bad. God bless them. God help them. But I can't settle here. I cannot settle here. God has... There are people that their lives depend on me. That There are people's destiny that is connected to whatever God wants to do through you. So, I have to rise up and start to work out this faith principle. This season of turnaround, I'm... Telling you now, and I want to give you a kind of like a warning. When things turn around, it's not a time for you to get comfortable. It's a time for you to present to God what's next. When you get to a place whereby you're comfortable, your hunger and your desire for the things of God, there are serious issues there. Because I'm comfortable now. Okay, you're comfortable then when something happens, it's hard for you to build that momentum again. Ask anybody that's been working out, they'll tell you. Ask anybody that's been running for a while, they'll tell you. 
There's something about consistency. It's not just what I did once. It's not what I did twice. It's what I do continuously that gets the results and stay there. That's the measure of our faith. So there are two things that I'll say. When it comes to what are we doing with our faith? Well, before I get there, let me just throw this in there. There's something called selective obedience. I would obey when it's convenient. If it's not convenient, and you, you, you may not tell yourself that. It's just your subconscious. It's not convenient. I would, I would obey. And God, as you're reading your scripture, as you're reading the word, as word that's been declared over you, there's instructions tied in there. And subconsciously, you're thinking, if it's convenient for me, I would obey. If it's not convenient, God, I didn't kill Jesus. God, there's mercy. And then I start praying, mercy, mercy, Lord, mercy. There's a place for mercy prayer. I get that. But there's a place of obedience. There's a reward of obedience that precedes just, okay, God, mercy. I'm not saying God's mercy is not good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, praying for mercy is great. But why would you disobey me and then now come back and ask me for mercy? It's a different case if you disobey me and you go and ask somebody for mercy. I'll give you an example. If Pastor Emmanuel is standing here and he calls me and he tells me, come and do this. And I say, I'm not going to do it. He calls me, come and do it. I say, I'm not going to do it. And then, but I want something from him. What we do is that we'll now go back in the situation. I'll now go back to him and say, Pastor Emmanuel, I need this from you. But what I've told you to do, God's mercy, that's our, but God, I need this from you. What about what I told you to do? God, I need this from you. What about what I told you to do? God, I need this from you. What about what I told you to do? Have mercy. There's that scenario. Does that make sense? It will make sense if Pastor Emmanuel said, Toyosi, do this, 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 this. And I say, I'm not going to do it. And then I go and meet somebody else, Pastor Andrew, and say, Pastor Andrew, I need this from you. That will make sense because I don't need anything from Pastor Emmanuel so I can disobey him. Right? But you need God and you are disobeying him. I don't understand it. Does that make sense? You, need, you, you, you are going to come back to me in the next two minutes. And what I said two minutes prior, you deliberately disobeyed. There is a reward of obedience. See, when it comes to Christianity and children of God, like Pastor Manuel has said, and when you look through scripture, you see things. We are, God is not everybody's father. You need to understand that. When, when you say that, yes, yeah, we are, God created everybody. He created the whole world. But you need to obey. If I'm your father, you must obey me. There's the part of obedience that is tied to this. So the two things that I'll say real quick, as I put this to a close, is what do we do with the measure of faith that we've been given? What God has placed in us, that capacity, what he has developed, placed on our inside, is I need to apply it by obeying God. 
I need to apply it by obeying God. Faith is not just believing and standing where you are standing. Faith is believing in the word of God and then giving legs to my faith, acting on it. I need to obey what God has said. That's what I do to the measure of faith that God has given me. I need to be obedient. I need to apply it. And then the next thing is, I need to be an effective Christian. Let's read Second Peter, Second Peter chapter one. You can give me from verse five. So this faith that God has given us, it says, and beside this, giving all diligence, it says, add to your faith. You can add to the measure of faith God has given you. It says, add to your faith, virtue, and to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, charity. Love. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a translation, I think, do you have New King James or NIV for this verse, verse 8? Okay. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being effective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, the just shall live by faith. So if you need, if you add to that faith these things, it will make you a productive Christian and product, productive in the knowledge of our Lord. Because you and I need to come to a conclusion to understand, faith is not to get things. Faith is not just to subdue mountains. Faith is to grow in the knowledge of God. The reason I'm subduing mountains, I'm doing all these things, is that I may know God. I may know, I may grow more in him. So the level before, when God tells us things, he's not telling us at our level. When he's telling us, let's go and conquer mountains, he wants somebody that has that capacity so that you can walk with him. Right? So as he's telling you things, because you have developed your capacity so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll... Um, Lord, thank you. There's this example that I'll give. I mean, we're all here in Victorious. It's coded. It's a secret. When Pastor Emmanuel said we are moving to this place, he said VOC. And when he said the amount, I'll confess. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I had to go home and believe my faith. And believe God for what he was saying. Because he was throwing those numbers. And I mean, finance, I was looking at it. I said, okay, maybe Pastor Emmanuel has another account that I don't know. Because this thing that he's saying, I don't understand it. But I knew not to throw things of unbelief or doubt. Because I know God works with him. I know he, I know he hears God. I know God speaks to him. So if I have not gotten there, sometimes just came, calm down. Go back and build your own capacity. And that's why when God is talking to you, he wants you to be at that capacity that he can tell you things and you won't be like God. It's not possible. 
Because he that comes to God must believe that what? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. He is a rewarder. You must believe him that he exists and he is a rewarder. Amen? So what I'm saying is sometimes if you are struggling in your faith, could it be that you need to go back to the word of God? Never let your surrounding be the reason why you would disbelieve God or believe God. Let it be simply by the word of God. And you need capacity for that. Because your surroundings will change. Guaranteed. They are subject to change. Even facts are subject to change. Example, in 1892, we couldn't fly. If somebody has said, can you fly? It's not possible. Today, somebody can be here today and next minute he can be in France. Well, not minute, the next six hours he can be in France. What does that mean? Something happened and that fact in 1872 changed. But if you had asked God in 1435, is it possible? He would tell you, yes. So my point is this. Faith is to help us come closer and grow up in God, not just to get things. Amen? As I close, I believe God has been speaking to our hearts. I believe God has been asking, um, telling us different areas of our lives that we can change. There's a song I want us to sing. If you can just help me with this song, worship team. And then we'll pray. And then we'll round up. So God has been speaking to your hearts in different things. He has been telling you different things. Different areas of your life. That he wants to do or he wants you to change, or he wants you to come closer, or he wants you to start to walk with him, whatever it is that God is speaking to your heart right now. We'll sing this song, and then we'll pray this prayer, and that's it.